0: Mate, What do I need to win?
1: Two triple 20s and a (laughs) bullseye.
0: Good luck. Mm. You know, Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day, I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. So I get back in my car and I'm driving to work and all of a sudden it hits me all them fellas that used to belittle me not a single one of them were curious you know they thought they had everything all figured out and so they judged everything and they judged everyone and I realized that they're underestimating me <sighs> who I was had nothing to do with it because <laughs> if they were curious they would ask questions you yeah. know Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which I would have answered, yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father from age 10 to I was 16 when he passed away.
1: hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear where every week and especially this year we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us this is the fear of god speaking to you right now is one of your hosts nathan rouse and typically with me is fellow co-host reed lackey and guys he was here a minute ago but he was in a bit of a rush said he needed to go deliver some biscuits in the meantime Allow me to welcome you listeners back into what saves Us, the second of a pair of overarching series this year, this time featuring films and media that nurture your wonder, that invigorate your awe, that enrich your humanity, and not to overstate things, but that are saving you now. Last week, we dropped water balloons on cops with Fogger and New Fear of God legal counsel Dave Courtney, uh, as we discussed my life as a zucchini. Meanwhile, this week, We are bringing the year full circle as we apologize to each other in our dreams with apple Plus's multi award-winning series, starring Jason Sudeikis as the titular coach with a heart of gold, Ted Lasso helping us this week is arguably the lifelong coach beard to my Ted Lasso. Always there to help me understand the nuances of sports ball games last heard from on our Cobra Kai episode, friends and foggers. Welcome back to the show guest (laughs) and my brother, Josh Rouse. Whoa. Welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks. Whoa. It's good yeah. to be back, whoa. I'm yeah. glad that I uh, have a mediocre showing my first time and you, you invited me back. That's great. Yeah,
1: here you are. Well, you know, we, we reserve you for the non-scary stuff. If you don't mind real quick, Josh, high five some trees for me. I need to let the listeners know that here at the fear of God, we explore. We don't explain except for right now. When I explain that you can listen to the fear of God, on your favorite podcast platform you can watch the fear of god on youtube and you can browse the fear of god on the web at thefearofgodpodcast.com where you will find reed <laughs> there you are buddy hi Welcome back to the show it's good to be here hey reed, Josh, reed. how's it going was here how are you
4: how are you reading i'm well i'm very very well we're dawning for the for the non-youtube listeners we're donning monikers for the evening and I'm, I'm very, I'm very delighted by this. So, so we are adopting personas and, uh, I am adopting the persona, uh, at least, you know, in the zoom name, uh, of the director of football operations, Higgins. Uh, so Leslie I'm be Higgins. Higgins. No, Leslie Higgins. That's exactly right. He's a feminine junior. <laughs> um <and> so <laughs> leslie leslie higgins and uh yeah i did not don uh my my particular special facial hair because i can't grow any facial hair but uh but i am here nonetheless so and then uh in the seat uh of none other than he's here he's there he's every and where roy kent is josh rouse uh and then i Oy. i think uh, <laughs> i think only youtube viewers will be able to appreciate uh not only the name you chose, Nathan, but how you spelled it. So, uh, so you, everybody, just just, No, so it's, it's Jametot, and it is
3: spelled
1: phonetically. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you say it,
3: Nathan. What is it?
1: Jamie, Jamie. I'm Jametot. <laughs> Jametot.
4: There's
1: no other me. There's only one Jamie. Gosh, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Shower alone? <laughs> Josh, welcome back to the show. It feels appropriate. Like, you know, you've maybe tried over the years to get me to appreciate sports in, in a way that Ted appreciates. Sports. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I love, what is the episode where he's talking to the ref and he's like, no, really explain to me what's going on.
3: <laughs> During wait, the game. wait, wait, let me, I'll tell you. He says, oh, I hang on. That'll be later. Uh, yeah, we, I, he doesn't understand offsides. And the irony of this right. show, if I'm jumping ahead, I'm sorry, but the irony of this show is it's soccer. And of all the sports I love, uh, soccer's not up there. So an apology already <laughs> <laughs> to those I might offend. And <laughs> yet like,
1: and yet here you are.
3: Here I
4: am. That's right. That's awesome. So listen, I cannot wait to get into Ted Lasso, but should we uh, do a little bit of business uh, beforehand? <laughs> Let's do it. whoa your face just threw me um that happens often so basically (laughs) um um so really our primary bit of business uh perhaps exclusive bit of business unless nathan has something i'm not uh remembering is uh that's my business that yeah um that we are going to be having next month uh we are going to be having a fear of god community halloween party it's going to be virtual um and we are going to have attenders uh not just people who have been on the show before but you the listener have an opportunity to join us for a fun-filled uh halloween party over zoom where we will you know, maybe have costumes, maybe Bob for some apples, trivia yeah. Bobby for apples feels good. <laughs> <weird. That's>, um, <laughs> so Zoom we're going to, uh, yeah, so, yeah. but we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, have some time to just chat, hang out, get to know each other a little bit. It's going to be very fun. The date as of this recording is still TBD, but the information is on the website for you to go. And if you are interested in attending this Fog Community Halloween Party, um, then go to the website, follow the banners prompts, and then enter your email address where we will give more specific details to those who, I guess, ostensibly RSVP for it. Um, if you express some interest in attending this, we will give you all the information you need to know, including dates, times, uh, what to prepare for, what to expect, all of that good stuff. So please visit thefearofgodpodcast.com. If you are interested in attending the late October Fear of God Community Halloween Party virtual over Zoom, it's going to be a wonderful time. We're very much looking forward to it, and uh, we're excited to see you there.
1: So yeah, that's that. Let's do it. That's all I got. All right. So that do is business want- time. Yeah. Do it. Do, it.
2: do you want to do a watcha? Woo.
1: Watcha? Do you wa- do you want to?
4: Let's do it. Sure. Sure. All right. Let's do a watcha. What you
2: want? you
1: what you listening to oh, yes thank you island family for our jingle as always uh it's been a it's been a minute since we've done a watcha so you know i'm racking my brain to to think of one <laughs> <laughs> no i've got i've got one or two um read why don't you go first what's your what's your, oh. what are you watching what are you reading what are you listening to right what? now look next month is October
4: and Uh Halloween has absolutely and And it is my birthday coming up yes that's
1: right um and it's Josh's uh, birthday coming up too and And it's mine we all have birthdays within 10 days of each other look at that how special that is it's it's like a little family
4: um and so uh like Halloween just absolutely exploded at the lackey household so I fully decorated for zucchini style explode Mm -hmm, no so um but it has basically like all of the orange lights are up all the pumpkins are out all of the tombstones the headless horseman uh statues everything's out and um and i've started the parade of watching scary movies in the orange glow that uh usually pervades my household around october times um even though it's not october yet and i gotta say a word or two particularly on this recording because as of this broadcast so we're recording it now but when this airs you will probably only have about another week and a half to see this movie if you have oh not seen this movie. Um, oh boy. Unless you go to the theaters to see it. Um, but available for a probably smaller amount of time as of this uh, broadcast on HBO Max is the newest film from director James Wan called Malignant. And I watched this film, a uh, little bit of peek behind the curtain, when Nathan and I went to see Old, Directed by M. Night Shyamalan, but less said about that the better. Um, when we went to see that, there was a trailer for *Malignant*, and I can remember sitting in the theater and Nathan leaning over to me like, "Nah, fine, whatever, yeah, this doesn't, yeah like, eh, It's just could couldn't care less, you
1: know? Yeah. Like, just looks yeah. like all the <laughs> little did I know I was about to feel <laughs> the same way about the movie we were watching.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but so
4: then uh, when he saw this trailer, he was just like, oh, "It just looks like all the same, like uh, spooky ghost thing, whatever." <laughs> And I remember, I said, to, I said to you at the moment, just kind of in passing, um, but then emphasized it a little bit more when the film's release was imminent on HBO Max, that, well, yes, point taken, but this is directed by James Wan. And James Wan has earned enough credibility with me personally as a horror director so far that I'm going to check out pretty much anything, regardless of what its logline is, regardless of what the trailer looks like. I'm pretty much going to check out whatever horror film James Wan directs, because I have loved... Uh, most of them and even liked the uh, admittedly lesser entries so then I queued up Malignant not really knowing what to expect because I'd seen the trailer and that was it and I'm not going to spoil it here but there the film has a very distinct turn at a certain point late in the film uh, when it goes from being probably everything that you thought you would have expected to something absolutely wild off the rails Completely bananas, and something that I found just limitlessly fun. I had such a blast watching this movie. Um, got to pour a cold one out to Fog Staffer and Horror Enneagramarian uh, Asia Swartz and Trooper, who on the pod on the Facebook group said that she somehow predicted the ending of this film. And uh, and I'm just I'm still stunned at her acumen for being able to do that. Um, but if you have not seen the film yet, it is it's not really like give you nightmares kind of scary it is just completely wild um and it's it's completely you love innocent. it
1: josh it's
4: uh, <laughs> yeah Do i don't know it? <laughs> i don't think his sensibilities would probably jive with it um but it is it is absolutely bananas <laughs>
3: i'm sure it'd give me nightmares <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yes, no it,
1: it yes. probably would it probably well, would it's so funny so uh, josh you know you're you you know Reed, and and you to a certain degree might say you know him well what you might not know is reed loves to like call you out on the podcast recording being like nathan said a thing that i told him was wrong i will remind him that i told him it was wrong right wow, now because that, that, i was right that's, that was your takeaway from everything i just said <laughs> it's that was your take-away. It's very higgins yeah <laughs> so in the spirit of malignant yes i i queued it up one night because so i was like okay here we go this is a retreat. this is gonna be the same old same old and sure enough as i am prone to do these days i did uh, start to fall asleep um <laughs> at about the hour mark and it's almost like you can just watch josh knows what i look like when i'm falling asleep sitting up you know the head kind of bob's I'm, I'm passing out <laughs> and then that turn happens and I, I bolt up, right? I'm like, Oh, shit. Here we go. What <laughs> in the F is going on? Oh my God. That chair just got thrown across a giant room. Oh my it's God. So this wild. is crazy. What is that person doing? <laughs> it, is <nuts. laughs> it is nuts. It is nuts. Yeah. yeah. So malignant that's malignant. Um, no. Josh, what, what you watching, what you reading, what you listening to.
3: Uh, yeah, I actually, um, just got done reading a book called Evangelical Thought Leader, uh, by a guy named Matthew Pierce. Um, and I, I discovered Pierce on Twitter. Um, he, uh, has written this, and I say it's a book, it's more of a booklet. Uh, it's about 60 pages and, mm, and it's nice. sarcasm in how one goes about being uh, an evangelical thought leader these days, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. he—it's it, written from the perspective of a middle school boy in the 1990s, so okay. uh, it's right up my alley.
2: Um,
3: <laughs> and and it's, uh, but, but Pierce is <laughs> Pierce is funny for he will tweet at uh, evangelical leaders and um, and even folks who are running for office. And he will tweet at them saying, do you like Switchfoot? Why uh, slash <laughs> in just to get a response from them? And uh, but anyway, it's it's hilarious. It was right up my alley. Um, it, it is as juvenile and sarcastic as you can get, uh, which means I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll have to check that out. It was uh,
4: how to be an evangelical thought leader. It's called. It's it's just called Evangelical
1: Thought Leader uh, by Matthew Pierce. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'll I'll, I'll throw one at you that uh, possibly both of you have at least seen some of. Uh, This show, our our podcast, in addition to featuring horror films, is also uh, my secret MCU conversation project. Uh, And what if is currently happening. On the old Disney Plus, Josh, have you watched any of that?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, we're caught up.
1: Uh, parts of it are amazing. I, I love the animation. Have we I haven't done this as a as a watcher yet, right, reed Okay, good. I, I don't believe so. No, you're my you're my pocket memory for me. Um, <laughs> so you know, what if it, it kind of has this framework of tweaking things we know about the MCU and sort of completely turning them on their head, sometimes to really kind of cool, uh, uh light hearted versions of things, a la Captain Carter and the Hydra stopper sometimes too <laughs> pretty pretty dark and jacked up. Uh, uh Paz, a la sorcerer strange, uh oh man. Ceasing all of existence. Jeez. Um Reed, have you are you up on the most recent one? As so, of this recording?
4: Yeah. Just be careful about the most recent one. I've seen sure. everyone well, except the one that released I, this week.
1: I won't spoil the specificity of what I'm referring to here, but I had kind of a rough day yesterday. Just long day family related and work related and i was like i'm gonna queue up oh what if and josh this is the uh the uh start killmonger episode and yeah. um I, I you know i was like this is gonna be a fun little diversion and about the halfway mark i was like this was this is not a smart choice for my oh, <laughs> for my no. well-being my oh, mental no. health i was like oh a major marvel mcu character just gets murdered in cold blood and you know uh, uh it's yeah it's great it's great wow. stuff um
2: wow. Wow. so that
1: happened. So just know if you're interested in what if, it is very interesting. It is definitely not the kid fair a person may think going in. So just be mindful of that on a what interesting. if interesting. Are y'all All right. are, are each of you in a general sense liking it? I love it. I love it. Um, the episodes are
4: hit or miss for my wife who watches it with me. For instance, she responded very positively to the uh, t'challa is star-lord episode oh, yeah, she, you know yeah. which admittedly was just amazing um, uh, with uh, infrequent sort of affection for the rest of them as they sure. progress but i'm just so excited by the concept like i just i just love it i would watch 30 of these i just i just think they're wonderful um, i'm sure I disney will
1: let you <laughs> uh,
4: i think there's supposed to be 9 in this first season and i'm just I've, i'm i'm really really excited for you know i just think it's really fun and inventive and i love it mm-hmm.
2: what you're watching, what
1: you, watching? What, you what you reading what you listening to all right thank you Alan, <laughs> for taking us out of what you're watching <laughs> that has been fun it's good to hear new recommendations and uh, be reminded of you know uh what james Wan means to us all um <laughs> So we're going to, as we've been doing, we're going to briefly track through episodes seven through 10, uh, Mm -hmm. pausing at each to do a little bit of, uh, editorializing, commentate on those episodes, uh, that will then pivot us into a couple of lists and we'll go from there. But episode seven, as we have been doing episode seven is make Rebecca great again, or Murga. Um, (laughs) fancy, fancy that. Um, this is the travel game, um, where it's, it's got a lot of Rebecca Keeley stuff. Um, it's got Ted's, st- Ted's marital story kind of resolving itself, uh, and features a cameo by the Iron Giants. So it's a lot of fun. So let's, oh man, let's track through Murga real quick. Any, any standout moments we want to talk about? I just want to mention that, yes,
4: I I mean, Iron Giant is one of like, is a top five film for me. I absolutely love the Iron Giant. My affection for it is boundless. And I love that. That's the movie that they're watching. So just enough said about that, but man, I love that.
3: I I think the whole, I think the whole episode is, is fantastic. Um, just the whole, even from the very beginning, when Nate gets locked in the bus and, uh, (laughs) You know, it, it is it is taking them out of their comfort zone into this this new found this new place. Uh, just I, I love it's one of my favorite episodes uh, of the first season. It's That's awesome.
1: awesome. Josh, I, I want to, I, I feel bad. i I'm, we jump right into the episodes. Uh, but I did want to give you a moment. So right now, so you know, in, in case you're unaware, we're in the middle of this, what saves us? One of our, mine and Reed's personal friends and, and listener to the show, Jeff Hansen recommended Ted Lasso as his, what saves us, which is really amazing. Um, but I know you kind of came to the show a while before I did because you're, you, you just wouldn't leave me the, Hell alone about whether I had or hadn't watched Ted Lasso. Um, I, I think Josh, that you knew about the ESPN stuff. That was a little bit. I was a little late to that part. But talk a little bit about. You know, did you jump in as the show was starting to air? What What was your approach to the show?
3: Yeah, no, um, I had actually seen Sudeikis's Ted Lasso. Didn't know who he was on commercials. It was actually on NBC. Oh, when they okay. were doing, mm-hmm. uh, soccer. They were doing soccer. They were, they had, they had landed some soccer deal. So Sudeikis came in and was doing this character, which I thought, you know, it was funny for a little commercial, um, pitch, but then, um, then I, it, you know, it came on Apple TV and we didn't have Apple TV, but we had friends who all of a sudden started talking about it and specifically around Christmas time, um, and so we we my wife and I took the plunge, we watched and I mean from the first episode it was like we this is it, you know, we we've got to mm. stay with this and we loved we loved it. Um I, I'll say I was stunned by how much I loved it. I mm. have actually <laughs> watched it 3 times now. Um, <laughs> Me too. Through. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and we'll probably come back and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it's one of the – it's a breath of fresh air uh, mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Um, but I I think the world of Coach Lasso and Coach Beard. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, it's funny, though, making a connection. So, uh, you know, Bill Lawrence, I think, is involved with this. Am, am yeah. I right about that? Yeah. yeah scrubs yeah. guy. I, no, you're right. Yes, Scrubs. And so my wife and I, when we first got married, Scrubs was one of our shows. And so mm-hmm. that was – that was kind of cool you know he, he even feel it because there's a little bit a little bit yeah of, of that kind of <clears throat> silliness in it so uh you know beard and lasso are almost a, a grown-up version of turk and jd a little bit um mm. but anyway we uh we, yeah i i think the world of of uh of the show and uh, um but we'll get into more nuts and bolts here in a minute i'm sure but yeah, yeah, we, yeah well, we love speaking,
1: it speaking of butts o'brien's torn butt in this episode back into target here <laughs> Uh that's a that's a pretty deaf segue for us all. Um <laughs> <You're> I <welcome. laughs> yeah, you're thank you. Uh, you know, there's so much great about this episode and this little pocket of episodes specifically. Like if 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 kind of 1 through 3 are a bit of an on-ramp to the vibe and rhythm of the show, uh 5 kind of turns a corner into a heavy emotionality that you might not have expected. This run really lets us sink our teeth into the dynamic that has been uh, established, uh, amongst this team and these coaches and the owner, uh, especially in terms of Rebecca, but I want to highlight, uh, we are prone in these comment- episode commentaries to, to stay on the lighter frothier side, but I find the locker room sequence where Nate is, is, is by Ted's, uh, insistence, giving his speech to mm. individual players to be incredibly powerful and in how it how and where it lands with roy and and mm-hmm. you know we can we can and maybe maybe should when we get to season two do a whole uh, conversation of centering on roy kent but i i watched a brief youtube interview with bill lawrence sudeikis and brendan hunt who plays beard and is also one of the writers and they were talking about this scene and just the resonance what nate says to roy has to 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 men in general about his anger and what he does with his anger and how if he doesn't find ways to release and or healthily vent this it will it will kind of mess him up really badly. And I don't know. I just really find this a very powerful scene, not because of the silliness, though that's funny, but because of how Roy and Nate finish this scene. Um, you just know something real special happens between those two characters.
4: And I think it's important. The show is very deliberate. I think it's really impactful that despite it being about a premier football team, soccer team, um, we only see a couple of games and we don't see this game, which is one of their biggest wins in the season. But the reason it's important is what happened in the locker room. That's it. It is the moment you're talking about. And I love the fact that the show doesn't then just show us the game. It shows us Nathan delivering everything to the players. And then the impact it has on Roy Kent, you know, as they charge out to the field that they're about to do something special. And then we just get like, it just comes right back to it. It comes right back to the moment that they have won the game. And now they're in celebration phase. And that's just, it's amazing. It's really amazing.
3: Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to there that, that scene, uh, you know, while it, it does start funny, you know, then when, it, when, when Nate starts delivering his haymakers, very quietly, very quietly though. Um, when, when, what I love about Roy and you see his transformation throughout this first season. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. he's like, go on, finish it, and he throws. Mm-hmm. He's the one that throws the notes, right? Then yeah. he, no, he, he yes. takes them he out of Nate's it, hands and chucks them it it to and, my and face.
2: It,
3: yes, a- and uh, I'm, you know, in a little bit, I've got more to say about this, but that that's him uh, to me. It's it's such a Nathan. You mentioned the the what it means to be a man and dealing with anger and stuff. But to me, it's it's so. Powerful. That Roy is like, no, I want, I want this. Tell it to me. Mm, I need to know the truth. and tell it to me straight. Uh, Yeah, it was was a powerful, powerful
4: moment. That's wonderful. And that's all the first half of the episode. Like, yeah, the like we we have other episodes to get to and lists and you know thematic substance. So I'll just mention briefly, like the stuff they do in the back half of the episode with all the stuff that we're finding out from Rebecca's friend Sassy about her and her singing in a very beautiful (laughs) voice. The Let It Go song from Frozen. I've never been so moved by Let It Go as I did when Rebecca like hears <laughs> yeah. it and uh, sings it. And then, did you um, catch?
1: I'm sorry to cut you off. Did you catch that Roy's mouthing the words to it? Yes. Oh, I did that moment. Oh, that oh yeah, great. As she's oh, singing, is... he's in frame while Keely's watching Rebecca and he's mouthing the words. That is yeah. amazing. Which, given his
4: relationship with Phoebe, does not surprise sure. me and shouldn't surprise <laughs> me. See, um, uh, but uh, but then, you know, pivoting from that into. A real profound moment of substance with with Ted um, uh, when he has his first on screen panic attack. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's it's incredibly powerful. This show has an ability to really um, just dive into the fact that these characters are not cookie cutter. They're not simplistic. There is a rich underbelly of things happening in their emotional landscape that um, might be taken for granted if you're just judging the way they react to certain things, but there's a lot under the surface. And I just, I love so much that the show takes time to eliminate that. Um, yeah. Do Do we want to, just for time's sake, do we want to go, does anybody else have anything on
3: seven or do you want to move on to eight? I, I was going to say, read that, that moment that you, in, in my third viewing <laughs> of this episode, <laughs> when it is such a poignant, such a poignant moment because she gets up and here's this woman who's been so, I mean, Rebecca's hard. Right. Yeah. She, but then she sings a children's song. Mm -hmm. Um, that's beautifully. She sings it. And, um, but then you have Ted, who's been our kind of hero of all things Mm -hmm. childlikeness who Mm -hmm. breaks down Mm -hmm. in the middle. And it, it, one of the things that I noticed as I watched it again was the way they treat loneliness in this show. Mm. Um, and that, that that's one of those moments where, and then, then they, then she's there, like he's going through this and the songs playing and then she's there for him. Um, it's a powerful moment of, of the show's answer, I think to what ails us in terms of our loneliness and and what we need, um, is a powerful moment.
1: Well, And it it also draws a very direct line to, uh, the scene he has the only, uh, the last on-screen scene he has with, michelle his soon-to-be ex-wife when what does she say to him she says you're not quitting you're what letting me letting go. me go let mm-hmm. it go yep.
3: let it go mm-hmm. um next. Some dan brown stuff
1: right there whoa
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well uh, uh speaking of dan brown how about these diamond dogs so uh oh we get gosh. introduced Ooh. to the the Ooh. i don't know quartet Ooh. quintet of higgins nate's beard ted uh ultimately maybe roy at some point they they dubbed themselves the diamond dogs helping ted uh, initially helping ted through his life transition from uh married man to not married man so that's kind of the the arc of this episode but you know want to just kind of open it up to any real specifics y'all want to highlight real quick
4: well, uh, I want to come, I want to come back to Diamond Dogs, but first of all, I just want to, uh, highlight the, the glory that is Danny Rojas and when Keeley is trying very hard to get marketing ploys for everybody. She's like, so wait, what do you, you, you're, you're into joy. And he said, yes, <laughs> mu- mucho, mucho joy. And then she's like, well, I don't know that I can really market that. He's like, I like to give joy away for free. <laughs> <laughs> like, is Danny Rojas is borderline saint at this point. Na, 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 <laughs>
1: Danny Rojas. Oh, he's, na, 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 wonderful. Na, na, na.
4: <laughs> he's so wonderful. <laughs>
3: mucho, mucho joy.
4: Oh man, I love it. So I just had to highlight that before we get back into the Diamond
3: Question: well, well, I'm not. It? I'm not. Yeah, looking please at the, I'm not looking at the, the summary of the episode in front of me, which I probably should be. But is this the one with the captaincy? and roy or is that is that not no that's no, later that's it's nine. later okay yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah all apologies a little nirvana reference for you there well mm-hmm. um i do I, in in honor of my zoom name here i do <laughs> one of the best best jamie tequila lines he says you saw a great jamae inside of an already great jamae <laughs> 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 he's so dumb it's so great oh my gosh. um <laughs> and i'm
4: i love the um you know, I, I, the the first Diamond Dogs meeting with with Ted is great, but then when he when Roy comes to Ted to talk about every every single moment of the Roy and Keeley stuff in this episode is amazing. It's wonderful, and when he finds out that Keeley, thinking Roy has patently rejected her, mm-hmm. uh, re uh, you know reconnects with Jamie. And then when she does that, she feels the need to confess that to Roy because then Roy comes back and rekindles the interest. Um, And then Roy is so torn up about it. And I just love it's. I just love the moment so much where uh he's trying to talk to Ted and he's just like, no, 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 we're going to get this straightened away right now. He said, I've just called the Diamond Dogs. But my favorite part is that like. Nathan walks in he's like all right this is about you and Keeley right and then like, he just sets up in his place and then Coach Beard comes back and is like yeah I've been waiting for this and then Higgins like ah uh, young courtship you know like it's just
2: such a delightful <laughs>
4: thing they're all coming together with such vigor and verve and it's just it's wonderful and then so that whole scene is just so brilliant the way it's structured uh, the way Ted kind of goads him in the you know uh, yo yep yeah, then by all means you should let them control you
3: <laughs> sarcasm <laughs> So, oh he's doing it again and then, and then like and de- and then deliver, deliver the line Reed deliver the line
4: it's like grow up and get over it, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's just it's just wonderful it's, it's, it's so brilliant it's should so we brilliant. say
1: whatever we might be addressing in our later lists we leave on the table in this rundown.
4: Uh, I think that's smart just for, for time's sake time. so we don't yeah yeah so I, there is one major mm-hmm. thing that happens in this that I am absolutely positive uh will come up but something that might not for me on my end uh and then I don't think I've given Josh a chance to speak yet but the um uh Higgins quits at the end he's finally had that's enough yeah. and then at the moment he quits then suddenly Keeley comes in and outs Rebecca it's a real low point for Rebecca who is coming off of, again, the moment that we're bypassing for the second, for this second, we're bypassing it. But she's coming off of a very sort of moment of high and and kinship and solidarity, and then to just be whammed with that, that Higgins quits on her, and then Keely confronts her about taking the photo of her and Ted earlier in the season, which the reason I want to highlight that is because the show is smart. They introduced that in in episode one, about the whole like or uh, yeah, I can't remember if it's even one I or think two. The photo but,
1: is two, but yeah,
4: yeah. The, so the photo is in two, where it's like he takes the, the and and you think that's going to be the end of it. Like basically, like oh, they did away with that plot line. The fact that it comes back, but comes back with importance to character relationship. That's really smart writing. That's incredibly smart writing. It's not merely a plot device. It's rooted in character connections, and I, I find that really impressive. Um, Josh, I've just barreled through everything. I have given you a chance to speak. Did you have anything else to add on this that hasn't already been brought up?
3: No. It, it, the The irony, though, of the, the Keely and Roy relationship is is just it's so funny to watch that versus you know contrasting that with the Jamie Keely uh, mm. relationship that Roy, you know, and, and, and when she when she's pressing him for where where were you, who were you with, what were you That's doing? So funny. And he's like, ah oh, yoga with 60-year-old women who don't know what I do. And, you know, he tells about one of them having a problem. And we stayed up and talked and yada, yada, yada. That scene is so funny when he tells her what he was actually doing. It is amazing. It is
4: so amazing. Roy Kent well,
3: and, is a f- And the fact wonder. that
1: they they keep that as a part of the show yeah. moving forward yeah. is really great. <laughs> um I think episode nine is what you're referring to a minute ago, Josh. This is all apologies. Um, yes. yeah. Roy kind of wrestles with his playing career coming to a close. Uh, Keeley keeps ragging Rebecca about telling Ted of the photo. Um, feel free opening the door here for, um, you know, again, maybe, maybe hold what might be on later lists. Uh, but if there's any specific notes, I will throw out just cause it's honestly the non later list. Only real thing I have here. Uh, Roy, I never know how to react when a grown man does the Carlton in front of me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God, it's so that, great. That, that, that'll make yeah. you want to just sit right there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Josh, I didn't that give scene, you a chance to speak first, so you go ahead. No, well that, that, scene,
3: that scene is one of my favorite scenes in the whole stinking... Shebang that that scene where he starts dancing and then he's talking about the whole the at the ant viv dynamic. Yeah. Um, in yeah. yeah, fresh prince. Great. Um, but, but the one of my favorite lines in that is, is a Roy Kent one when he comes to him and, you know, Lasso is charging him with, you got to pick your new captain, the new captain. And, mm. and he tells him, he comes to him. And I think, I think it's when all the guys are, well, some of the guys are around the diamond dogs there. And, but he comes in there and he says, this is why it's so hard to love you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you hear that i think he said he loves you or whatever right. so, version of that
4: it's so yeah. great it's so great um it, so a, couple there's a one, yeah go ahead sorry you, Reed. i was gonna no, say you, one,
3: one other thing one other thing and this may i hope i'm not stealing any thunder here but i think on again my third watch i think this is the only episode that lets the credits run while things are happening
4: it is the only episode, yeah. And I will What's be spending on? some, yeah. And I will be spending okay. some time talking about that okay. scene. Um,
3: okay. Okay. Well, I'll leave that there. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So yeah. So Nathan, I'll talk. I'll be talking okay. about that moment later. So so we'll we'll leave that for right now. Um, a couple of smaller moments that I want to mention. I love that Ted rewinds out of Rebecca's office. That's hysterical. <laughs> um, uh, I also love uh, Coach Beard give one. The show is very funny and consistently very funny. But the sight gag. And Coach Beard starts moving
1: away from him. And then oh, he that's turns hysterical. to look at Nathan. That's great. When
4: he turns back, Coach Beard is all the way down. He's like, Oh, oh it's like that now. Like, <laughs> it's, it so that was funny. great. Yes. Um, and then I love the, um, this is something that I picked up on this time. It goes nowhere, but it just stuck out to me. This, this episode includes the phrase, the body is a miracle twice. Mm-hmm. And It is the first time and vomiting with Danny, right? Well, that's with, yeah, with Danny, it's about like the fact that the body can do those things at the same time. The body really is a miracle. But then, so that stuck out to me like, Oh, that's a funny line. But then later, um, Keely is trying to just distract herself because Roy's not talking to her about what's going on. And she says, referencing Phoebe is like the fact that they've got little teeth that push out their baby teeth and come down. The body really is a miracle. And I'm like, why do they say that line twice? Like two different characters say that. Again, I got no thematic note to put on it. I just thought that was interesting that the two different characters about really awkward and uncomfortable things that the body does since the body is a miracle. So I just, uh, that's impressive to me.
1: Um, well, you, you reference, you referenced there, Reed, and I'll throw this as a last note on episode nine. I, I love the scene where Roy is lamenting being roy kent and keely calls phoebe over to to describe him you know and she says half a dozen things and none of them are are football related it's a really Mm. really beautiful scene um last notes on nine anybody anybody going once uh i i am good to move on episode 10 Mm, hope that kills you you. (laughs) Mm. josh what you got for episode 10
3: um that episode is, is, is so good, you know, and, and you probably covered this earlier in the, um, in, in the, the earlier episode. Um, but the, the transformation of Rebecca from the villain in the old movie, major league. I don't know if y'all touched on that, but it's such mm-hmm. a, th- this is, no, do, it.
1: We'll do it for our listeners. Well, okay, yeah. Cause so, we haven't so, touched on
3: that. So major league is, is that movie that we, you know, I played baseball growing up and every, Kid that loves baseball has at some point um, uh, without their parents knowing it seen Major League um, with Charlie Sheen
2: mm-hmm.
3: with Charlie Sheen Tom Bering Tom Beringer uh, Corbin Bernson mm-hmm. and uh, and a young Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes oh, and that's um, right so uh, the the plot of Major League is that they're the Cleveland Indians and there's a, a a lady who is trying to I forget the dynamics and relationship but she wants to move Cleveland the, the Indians to Miami uh, or to Florida. I, I think it's Miami. And so she, she puts together this terrible, terrible team. So they'll lose every game. And then what happens is they start winning and the city gets behind them and, you know, the stuff of, of Hollywood. But, um, Rebecca is kind of the anti that, that she, she starts out on that path, but then she's, she's redeemed, um, and mm-hmm. through these relationships and, um, j- just seeing her, Uh, living and dying by that, that, that game, um, on the pitch and, uh, (laughs) and watching her experience that. And even earlier, you know, he couldn't get her to come and be in the locker room. And at the end, she's in there in Mm. this moment of sadness and, and mourning. And she's in there with them. It's a, it's a powerful thing to see what her character goes through, uh, in many ways there.
4: No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you, man. And there's, some things that I would mention about this episode, um, one particularly as it relates to uh, Rebecca, actually I didn't mention it last episode, but um, there's a moment where, when Keely finds out she commissioned the photo and then uh, she's basically coercing and it's a good thing, but she's coercing Rebecca into coming clean to Ted. Like you'll tell mm. him everything or I will. Mm. And then Rebecca asks, you know, somewhat practically what good would it do like Mm -hmm. it's not going to change anything and then for keely to say it would change how i feel about you and that that is like a significant driving force like man that's a beautiful thing that's like you highlighted josh that it's relationships that are changing the tide Mm -hmm. for her Mm -hmm. and uh not what has happened to her not just the political stakes game of you know besting her ex-husband or anything like that it's the relationships that are changing who she is and i think that's a really powerful statement Absolutely,
1: this this episode is so riddled with great, profound moments that I can't let un- go unspoken. One of the greatest bits of physical comedy in this whole series, which is when <laughs> Jamie, Jama shows up to <laughs> talk to Keely, and Roy's there, and Roy <laughs> commits to saying nothing. <laughs> so he mimes zipping his lips. And then he throws invisible the invisible key at Jamie and Jamie Miss, missed, dodges man. the invisible key and mouths you missed. It is hysterical. It's oh my so God. Funny. It's so adolescent and juvenile and just hysterical. Oh God, it's funny.
4: It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Something that for myself, I really hope I'm not stealing anybody's thunder, but I don't think I am. Uh, something that is worth noting because it's wonderful. We referenced last week uh, the payoff that earlier in the season when Sam gets knocked down and gets mm-hmm. uh, fouled, Roy comes over to him and he's mad at Jamie. It's in the it's in the episode when Jamie uh, is eventually taken out of the game by Ted. Um, and then Roy tells Sam, like, no, just stay down. And then, you know, coaches him on like the crowd will love it. Just Get up, limp a little bit and then, you know, signal that you can move on. Well then this episode has that great payoff. Great. Roy comes, finally runs fast enough to fairly tackle Jamie and prevent that goal. Um, but then in the process hurts his knee and when Sam comes over and then while he's there they're chanting, you know, the the statement I can't fully repeat on this show, but the 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 he's there, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere, everywhere and it's it's just a wonderful wonderful moment. It's a wonderful payoff extending to the moment in the locker room, much more tenderly between he and Keeley, It's, it's beautiful. It's just wonderful, wonderful stuff. So I love it so much. And then I think the last thing that it, again, at least for me will not possibly come up later is, um, lasso's note to Jamie. So if, if nobody else is going to mention that, we'll mention what it says, but has anybody Go else got that for one of the, okay. So, after everything, Jamie thinks Lasso's playing mind games with him because he thinks Lasso allowed he doesn't realize that Rebecca forced the transfer of Jamie Tart back to Manchester City. He thinks Lasso did it. So he thinks Lasso's affirmation is just him playing mind games with him. So at the like, end like,
3: like sorry, Reed, when when yeah, Jamie, no. when Jamie looks in to see Roy and to mock him, and then all of a sudden poof, there's Ted, like cheering him oh, on. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god!
3: Um, and then the um,
4: I, I love so much like at the end because Jamie makes the play that costs them the game and then after that Beard brings a note up to Jamie and Jamie's not quite sure what to do with it but in the envelope a love note it's a love note yeah 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 um, in the envelope is the note just says way to make that extra pass Ted and then it's got the army man inside of it it's, it's beautiful stuff it's beautiful beautiful
1: stuff speaking of beautiful stuff this feels like a good moment Reed, josh to ponder for a show that you know arguably is by its very existence and definition uh, a thing that we could that could be called right it's time we dwell for a moment or more on things that are just oh so right
2: that's so right it's just so right it's just so right that's just so
1: And we're back. Josh, so you are our guest today. So I'm going to let you choose whether you want to go first or you want to defer first. This is a part where we, if you could distill, if you could encapsulate, uh, it it can be a craft thing. It can be something specific to a character, an episode, what have you. What would you identify? Uh, your elevator pitch, why Ted Lasso, the, the TV show is in our words these days, so right.
3: Uh, I will go first. Um, it's interesting after, after watching it and watching it and now watching it again that I, I always skip the, the, uh, the intro. I always skip the mm. Marcus Mumford, uh, his song there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I've let it run a few times now just to you know, see what I was missing. What's interesting in that intro is that if you'll notice, Ted sits down and then All the letters start forming out of him. Like he's Mm. the connection. But everything starts flowing out of him. And it it reminded me, and we've touched on a little bit, but you know, he he is really uh the one who causes these relationships to start happening. He's Mm. he is the source of we won't say well, it's kind of conflict in some of these people that they're confronted with something Mm -hmm. that is so foreign to them and he he just infects everybody he's around um mm-hmm. and and i think you know i think the relationships in terms of things like uh loneliness things like uh just i made some notes but you know l- even leadership you know you look at him lead and he mm-hmm. leads with kindness um and and even you know we we referenced it with the locker room speech but even what it means to be a man um mm-hmm. he he is willing for you to think he's stupid. He's willing for you to, to mock it. it, it well, well, we'll get there, I'm sure, but he's, he, he gives that, he lives that doggone, uh, dart speech he gives, uh, mm. Rupert. Mm-hmm. He lives that out. He's mm-hmm. like, all my life, people have been, you know, uh, judging me, doing this, yada, yada. He said, but, um, yeah, th- and, th- and that's how he lives. And I, I, I just, you watch these people get connected and it, it, it so drives. And to me, it being that so right, you know, I, I think as as one who who seeks to to follow Christ or seeks to to be good to the people around me, that um that's inspiring. You know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, thank you. And and I don't know if I've ever maybe ever seen a show that's like, hey, let's let's show this. Let's show mm-hmm. what this looks mm-hmm. like. And so uh, that's that's something I think this show gets so right.
1: I'm gonna um- absolutely. I'm going to I'm going to jump in front of Reed uh, just because I feel like what I would identify piggybacks well on that and I want to identify real quick too Josh you you highlight that that uh, opening credit sequence to you might have subconsciously noticed this or intuited it but more than just his name spreads out amongst the stands from him as the source point what is actually literally happening in that credit design is the vandalized dirtied Mm -hmm. stands are being Mm -hmm. freshened being being Mm -hmm. renewed being refreshed and Mm -hmm. that's a really powerful metaphor to to examine there and you know my my that's so right and and apologies to reed if he's like nathan you've copped out twice in a row uh last week with zucchini now this one it's it's kind of a fair critique, except as at least I sort of positioned the question, what's your elevator pitch? What, what is it about this that makes it worthy of conversation and, and dadgummit just that it exists that, Mm -hmm. and I I don't intend to get emotional, but just that, I don't know if y'all are like this and read, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, the, the heaviness of the world can be debilitating, Mm -hmm. especially in these days. And our propensity to like a diver at the edge of a pool when we don't know there's no water in, just dive down into the dirt and the mud. Yeah. Yeah. And the ease with which we are willing to do that. And, and I'm including myself in that critique. Uh, I want to do well, but often fail. And, and so the Sisyphean effort, you like that? To Mm -hmm. take the boulder of goodness and keep pushing it up a hill. Like it is, Reed, you made a body as a miracle comment. It is a minor miracle that this exists and not just that it exists, but is having the impact it's having. Mm -hmm. Like it is Mm -hmm. about not tarnishing the, the sheen on a good man, but about a good man's shine, raising the bar for everyone else. Mm-hmm. it reminds it's coming to me in real time read but it reminds me a lot of Shit's creek it's it, it's kind of an inverse mm-hmm. of that idea but that's a community's shine making individuals right. grow this is right. an individual shine making a community grow and and just damn that is to me in the in the in the movie and and cultural landscape we live our tv uh, well, i mean media not explicitly movie in the media and cultural landscape we live in to prop up a person not as a joke but as something Mm. to emulate Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. this rich and forward looking in his kindness and compassion and grace uh and and we've said this a few times in assessing this first season you know the show does right by his fullness as a character he's not all you know his his ted lasso-ness can be a burden sometimes but the exercise of pointing to yeah. a figure and saying, this is kind of how we can be. yeah. And it's not, it's not moving mountains to work a little harder. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. a really powerful sort of testimony, I think.
4: No, absolutely.
1: Um, so I'm going to,
4: w- with permission, um, you both have illustrated very wonderfully, um, but in, in somewhat broad sense, you know, sure. just the, 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 the power that the show has. I would like to sort of wrap that up by affirming both of what you've said and illustrating it with two specific moments from the season, uh, yeah. that I'll, that I'll share briefly. Um, so the first one, Josh actually referenced. Um, it is arguably one of my favorite scenes that I have ever seen in any piece of media at all. So when they're in the bar, they think they're going to be meeting the milk sisters. And then suddenly Rupert comes in <laughs> with his new girl. Let's skip the back
1: room and see if I see him. <laughs> Did they, they expire? Couldn't make,
4: they, they couldn't make it because they expired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great. and so then, you know, Rupert is really digging it in, and Ted even asks her, "Do you want to leave?" And she says, "I'm not giving him the satisfaction." So they're kind of stuck there, and then finally, Rupert lays it down. I mean, Rupert is a grade A a hole, and he lays it down to her. He says, "I'm going to rub this in your face every opportunity I can." And as broadly as I can for as long as I can. And then Ted steps in and is like, y'all love darts, right? And <laughs> I just love so much his hustle there because he lures Rupert in because he keeps throwing with his right hand. And then, uh, Rupert challenges him to a dart wager. And then, uh, Ted's like, Oh yeah, uh, how about if I win, you can't go anywhere near Rebecca? You know, you can't go anywhere near the, the box, uh, for the rest of the season. Or ever again, I think he says, uh, as long as Rebecca's in charge. And then when Rupert's like, Oh, I forgot I had these on me and thinks he's being all slick with the thing. And then Ted's like, Oh, I forgot I'm not left. I'm forgot I'm not right handed and then throws a bullseye. He said, like, this is going to be a hoot. I just love it so much. <laughs> um, but then when it comes up and it pivots, you know, you can all, you can kind of feel where the moment's going, but the way he delivers it, where he says he, he highlights being as a kid and everybody misjudging him. And he saw the sign on the bus that said, be curious, not judgmental. And then he said, none of those people who judged me were curious. Because if they'd been curious, they would have asked questions. And then he delivers. Oh, it's so, so good. So perfect. He says, they would ask questions like, did you play a lot of darts, Ted? Bam. And then like <laughs> hits the hits the mark. Um, and then. Went with
3: my dad every day from 10 to 16 until he
1: passed.
2: Oh. <laughs> God, sauce.
1: so wonderful barbecue so sauce wonderful. barbecue sauce and well, um yeah. and i'm sorry to cut you off Reed. i'm following josh's lead but i love <laughs> how that scene sets up he asks may the the bar barkeep you know what's mm, this what's mm. the score he's, he's basically saying like what do i need <laughs> to, to hit here that's right yeah and that's when it goes off i'm sorry Reed, go ahead
4: it's, no 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 that's so that's so great um and then uh the second moment that i want to highlight is uh something that again illustrates it ties ties everything together from what you've been saying and that's the um that when rebecca finally does come clean rebecca's been on this journey and she's kind of in her dark night of the soul and when she finally does come clean and then when she comes and delivers uh you know she spells it all out for ted like i sabotaged you i brought you here to fail everything and you highlighted, Nathan, like the fact that this exists, the fact that 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 would be the moment to ramp up the dramatic tension. That would be the moment yeah. to, oh, everything's going to devastate. And then it'll kind of coyly come back in the last moment. But Ted takes it in. You see on on Sudeikis's face that he's drinking it in. He's absorbing the moment. And then he stands up, puts his hands in his pockets and just says, as soft as a mouse, I forgive you. And she's t- she's taken aback by it. She's like, what do you mean? And then when he and this is something that's going to come back in my thoughts later i forgive you oh okay so you're just this grace-filled wonder of whatever no he understands because when she says why he says divorce is hard and it makes you Mm. do crazy things and you realize he's not just forgiving because he's a nice guy or a people pleaser he's forgiving because um as our friend blake said on an earlier episode his emotional intelligence is off the charts it's off the radar and he profoundly understands and he's forgiving because he profoundly understands and knows that forgiveness is the right thing to do and the appropriate thing to do. And probably to a degree, a lot of subtext here knows that forgiveness is what he would want in that moment. And I just wanted to highlight those couple of specifics as so right moments to to kind of tie yeah.
1: together everything that you both had had shared. Well, and the what I love about the what a, a thing I love about that scene is the button on it where he just at the end of that moment says, "You and me, we're okay." Mm, it's just a great, so. great recalibration of their relationship. Um, before we spend too many more words on those scenes because they may come up again, wacky. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, Sorry, deft, deft maneuvering there. <laughs> well played, Beard. Um, <laughs> let's 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 get out of this segment.
2: just so right
1: all right so that was that's so right 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 uh we are going to spend a couple Correct. moments now um we we charged josh and reed and i together as well uh created a top 3 lassoisms mm-hmm. now like any good fear of god list uh, runners up and honorable mentions will most assuredly make an appearance, <laughs> um, <laughs> because who can pick just three elements out of a ten-episode season like this one? Um, I'm going to start because I did. Uh, I did have a little bit of a a cheeky way of doing this, mainly because it's so difficult. So, so my first lassoisms which, you know, can interpret however you want. Uh, How I termed at least the two I selected was um, comedy as character lines, bits from the show that on their own are really just hysterical, but also function well, to illustrate something about the characters who are saying them. Um, And the first one I'll just throw out is, uh, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? (laughs) Uh, just because mm. it's already been mentioned. Um, I'll, I'll say a tiny bit more about that in a moment. But um the other that was kind of an honorable mention, honestly. But the other one I just love because it's in the first episode, it really sets a tone uh, and signals a lot about the characters who are exchanging this dialogue and it's on the plane and it's Ted turned around, saying to Beard, hey, if we see each other in our dreams, let's goof around, pretend like we don't know each other. <laughs> and beard without <laughs> so missing a beat says you got it stranger it's and so
2: wonderful.
1: i love it i love it because it tells you so much about the history of those two guys mm-hmm. and that it's a deep history it's an affectionate history uh the the capacity to banter but it also tells you a little something about ted like he ho- however jokey that moment might be he takes seriously some sort of metaphysical Idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, I, it's we, we know Ted Lasso well enough to know he doesn't throw things away. Uh, so there's something really powerful to me about that scene. There's something hysterical about that scene. So that'd be my first entry in favorite Lassoisms from the show. Does anybody else want to go next? What about you, Josh? Go ahead. You can go uh, next.
3: so I, I uh, whoa, well, I, I did mine in a cheeky way as well. Um, All right. I couldn't, uh, well, I'll just explain. So, yeah. Ted and we've, it's been thematic in this, but Ted and relationships are all over the place, you know, his relationship to people, but he also has relationships to other things as well. Ted's relationship to tea is hysterical. There's a line, Rebecca, uh, how do you take your tea? Well, usually I take it right back to the counter because someone's made a horrible mistake <laughs> every single time, even with the scene with Roy, when the Carlton stuff comes up and he's like, let me, let me in on the joke. Cause it's a joke, right? You know, this is this tea stuff is a joke. Y'all don't, y'all don't drink this. Cause it, you know, and he, and he gets on him about oh, yeah. Yeah. how terrible the tea is. Um, secondly, Ted's relationship to the rules of soccer we've already mentioned i already mentioned um I, I am uh not up to date on so many soccer rules but when he turns to the the referee and it says explain to me how that's offsides and he says no i'm serious <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh ted and beard bo you mentioned that um they are uh there's it's a rich friendship and there's a yin and yang to them, um, and it's it's just so much fun to watch those two together. First rule of the Fight Club: there is no Fight Club. And then <laughs> one last one, and it's it's not a it's not a it's not Ted. Uh, it's not a lassoism. It's a, a lasso breaking it down. That scene of him dancing might be one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life in the locker room uh, at Wichita State. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that, that circulates. Amazing. That's yeah I it's hysterical somebody plays that on my my tombstone one day that's so great oh, we'll man. project
1: it's, it on there for you well there you go project it's wonderful.
3: It for me. it's wonderful hey so um
4: nathan why don't you why don't you finish your list and then i'll get oh back. okay
1: yeah did josh just do all of his
4: yeah he just did he just did all of his oh so i okay. i didn't realize we were no, that's okay. you, didn't, that's no okay. you didn't you okay. didn't have to no it's fine so, so yeah so
1: okay so mine were the categories were um or are rather uh comedy as character uh the next one is the throwaways and the last one is the profound so the throwaways are this show is so adept at the blink and you miss it but hysterical (laughs) line like it really is like like it honestly shows a lot of balls to be like we know this is hysterical and we know half the audience isn't gonna even catch it um there's two of them that just sing what'd you say interruption i said okay. uh,
4: uh yes i know with apologies i said that's an old simpsons rule that's the way simpsons do comedy simpsons oh, right. like yeah simpsons throw in absolutely hysterical stuff and then just move right on with the scene so well yeah, sorry i just wanted to highlight
1: two that. of them that at least really jump out to me that are that are representative of this idea one is the um it's the curse breaking the curse scene at the bar at the pub and it's the martin scorsese breakdown and it's (laughs) it's amazing and you've got all these characters throwing out their favorite martin scorsese the 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 best one is this the best one is mean streets the best one is the departed blah 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 so on and so forth then apropos supposedly of nothing roy kent yells to the group silence it's great which is a martin scorsese film yeah it's wonderful and I'm just like Ted gummit that's so good <laughs> that is so brilliant uh so that's one throwaway uh the other throwaway God it's so funny it's after it's in two aces episode six and it's mm. it's it's Ted trying to manage his energy after the breakdown of five with his wife and so he's coming to the office it's when he's putting a sweater on backwards and there's just this amazing opening exchange between beard nate and ted and ted is frazzled he's prattling about barry versus bathe and his work and how they should give each other pet names and there's this back and forth and both beard and nate are resistant and ted about something that nate says just says thank you sweetie under his breath (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's just like, gummit. Y'all, y'all did it again. I you mean, know, it's Sudeikis, he says, thank you. And then sweetie is like lowered. It's like, thank you, sweetie. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's just, he is executing his plan, 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 uh, plan. The last one I want to throw out is the profound. I had a front runner, but I'm going to pivot away from that one for my next, our next list. And so the profound for me uh one of the most significant ones is and and this may get touched on thematically later is uh the post game locker room uh finale speech Mm -hmm. and it's it is be grateful you're going through this sad moment with all these other folks there's something worse than being sad and that's being Mm -hmm. alone and being sad ain't nothing worse than being alone and this little note is so beautiful let's be sad now let's be sad together I mean, damn, that is so great. powerful. So, yeah, you took them, are, to, church. Are, he yeah, took them did. to church. Yeah, those are my lassoisms. Yeah. Reed, what are that's yours? Absolutely right.
4: Well, with apologies, I think in my that's so right, you, uh, you took, uh, I took some of your scenes that oh. you may mention later. Um, so you paid me back because that line you oh, just mentioned was was one of my top three, but I got runner ups. I got, okay. <laughs> um, so, um,
1: I expect nothing
4: less. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to break this down. Uh, uh, honestly i i wasn't effectively able or didn't do the 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 homework to like um rank these appropriately so i'm going to categorize them in basically two things one is like his metaphor slash like just silliness and uh and then the other one is going to be a a little bit more like what nathan said like the the profundity um so i'm going to mention in the silly trivial thing (laughs) yeah um uh, two two really quick lines, no context really needed. Um, okay, our goal is to go out like Willie Nelson on a high, um, which I think is brilliant. And then another one is that all right, fellas, you got to remember your body is like day old rice. If it ain't warmed up, something real bad could happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but the the king, the best. I mean, the most meaningful is be a goldfish. But the king of all. Oh my God, he just said this is, Sounds to me like someone's trapped in life's most complicated shape—a love triangle. <laughs> Second place, of course, is the "I just walked in on my mother-in-law changing the swimsuit." Dodecahedron. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and Roy yeah, can't can respond. Yes, Roy can't respond. to do I? Does my face look like I'm in the mood for shape-based jokes? <laughs> oh God, that's hysterical. <laughs> then Ted throwing right back at him. In fairness, it never does. <laughs> 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 so, but that's that's the that's just him being silly. Uh, we all we already referenced uh, the Dart statement: "Be curious, not judgmental." But another one I want to highlight that I think was really touching. Um,
3: oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, Reed. I was going to say you, you, there there are some mother and mother-in-law isms that he, that he loves to throw around. And there, oh. you mentioned the locker room when he says locker rooms are a lot like my mom's bathing suits. I only want to see them in one piece. You know, <laughs> that one. <laughs> so-
4: funny oh my
3: gosh Sounds it's great so good. sorry I
4: he's t- no i love what he's talking to roy t- i didn't even write this one down but he's talking to roy too he's like boy you being hard on yourself is like woody allen playing the clarinet i don't want to hear it <laughs> 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 just like, but um the the other one that i really think is like kind of pro- profound um and then i'll end on uh a, a one just uh, probably a perfect one to take us out on um is when he's talking to roy about he said you know they say youth is wasted on the young i say don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you like life lesson for people mm. like don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you uh man some people need to hear that i am not going to say anything further about it at the moment but that is a really really powerful and touching note of wisdom don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you um
1: isn't that the one we're after it he does compliment himself he's like i just made that one up or I just, yeah he said yeah i just came
4: up with that right there um but the one that i want to go out on Probably my vote for one of the, the most perfect Ted Lassoisms ever. Recovery of all recoveries. He gets dad points for me on this one is when, you know, same, but different. The crowd is yelling repeatedly <laughs> wanker. <laughs> and his son asks him, what's a wanker? And he said, Son, that's a man who likes to be alone with his thoughts.
2: <laughs> it, is,
4: it is brilliant. That is that is brilliant. That is uh, it, yeah. It is it is fantastic. So that is that is my favorite lassoism. This is a man who likes to be alone mm-hmm. with his thoughts. Um, oh, so yeah, God. you want to you want to pivot into. Some favorite scenes, some of which I'm sure have probably already been mentioned. But some favorite let's scenes do it.
1: Let's do it. Let's do some favorite scenes. Top do we want to round scene? robin
4: this one? Want to round robin it? Go three, sure.
1: three, three, two, two, sure. two, two, two. Yeah. So, sure. so Nathan. I don't rank per se, but but I'll you know. They're okay. Not in yeah, yeah, yeah. Particular order. Um, I'll lead with the only one that hasn't been nodded to yet, um, at least in this conversation. So, well, it did get nodded to, but not uh, directly. Um. it 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 might be it might be a bit self-flagellating to call it a favorite but i think a a scene that elevated and quickly the show for me was the 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 breakup of of ted and michelle at the end Mm -hmm. of five um you know i've alluded off and on on the show before and both of you know deeply my own story and and I was unprepared for the resonance the difficulties they faced had for me and and I am very blessed and fortunate and my marriage is is thriving and intact and so on and so forth but you know um marriages like many relationships have dark days to them and and I can't uh say in honesty that that we didn't have days that had strange echoes of this scene to the point that when we were first watching this together both my wife and i were very tearful uh at Mm -hmm. at the power of this scene and and you know it it just just led to a really lovely moment between the two of us of 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 kind of affirmation and encouragement uh, verbally after the fact because of how unfortunately things go for ted and michelle but i think just as a I've referenced this obliquely about the show, Ted Lasso. I, 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 for a show whose comedy I was of course on board with, you know, the voice of it, the energy of it, the point of view of the, the goofy Ted Lasso, what I didn't know I was getting was the, the, the depth and the heart and the, the powerful honesty about human relationships. I mean, to be real honest. Uh, and so that scene uh to call it a highlight again may sound a bit perverse, but is just even on this rewatch, I was like, I know where this is going and and even still was very moved by it, very, very touched by it, uh, even for where those characters go. And so uh, for me, it was it's definitely a kind of top three scenes. Uh the other uh, the other ones will be a little lighter, but I uh, mm-hmm. did want to nod towards that one. Awesome. Josh, um, what about for you? Yeah.
3: Uh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and take it off the board because I'm sure one of you will mention it, but and we've mentioned it numerous times already. But the daggone dart scene, um, mm-hmm. that is in so many ways is fantastic. Uh, uh you know, I, I am a competitive spirit, and you're watching this guy, you know, in Ted who who hadn't had many wins. In fact, I don't know how yeah. many, you know, I don't know. And Reed, it's funny you mentioned it earlier you don't see much of the the football but you right. uh a lot of times what we see are losses or ties yeah. you know we're yeah. not seeing we're not seeing a whole lot of wins but here's the guy all of a sudden winning and the way he wins oh my oh, gosh so good Stick, sticking sticking wow. it to the man which yeah, you know we we grow up with this idea that that's what we're supposed to do but it is it is so it's an unforgettable scene. I uh, I was reading. Um, I, I, I subscribed to something called the Athletic, which is a, a sports um, write up they do, and uh, one of the one of the guys does a weekend picks, and he included that scene in his in his uh, write up about oh. football games this past weekend. And I and you know what I wow. did? I watched it <laughs> again. <laughs> I watched it again. It's <laughs> uh, so because, great because it's fantastic. Well, I
4: do queue up that scene sometimes, just to watch that scene. Go ahead, Nathan. That's all I want yeah, to say. Gonna,
1: well, you know, since we're camping out on it for a moment, uh, uh, let's give more of, give it some more love and its due. Like the be curious, not judgmental, uh, uh, as a sort of tentpole thematic idea behind the film. I referenced this earlier, but watching this video of Lawrence Sudeikis and and Brendan Hunt, they highlight that scene in addition to the locker room nate given the speech scene and lawrence nodding to sudeikis as sudeikis's interpretation of ted lasso and that became sort of how they incorporated that scene into the show which is what they wanted to steer so far away from was what so much of uh sadly could be said american culture is which is which is ignorant and arrogant this is how they Mm. articulated it they said Mm. what we did not want was someone who is ignorant and arrogant what we wanted was someone who is ignorant but curious like Mm. who who didn't know the thing but pursued knowledge of the thing as opposed to not knowing the thing and assuming the not knowing was a thing to take pride in um Mm. and I don't know it's just it's it is Reed you you made some sort of reference to this earlier it's so perfectly constructed uh, from a scripting standpoint it's so and and what's lovely about the 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 architecture of that scene is the show knows it needs its viewers on rebecca's side yes eventually Mm -hmm. and so what it does is does what every good and smart show does is okay give your protagonist a new antagonist that is sort of the thing. You know, yes. I I, I kind of doubt this because he's so perfect at it. There's a moment that might come in the future of the show where Rupert steers a bit more into protagonist zone because shows tend to do that kind of thing. But right now, what we need is a common enemy, and he serves that role extremely well. And so when, when Sudeikis delivers that, have you ever played Dart's Ted line? It's just... Mm. I mean it is it is a chef's kiss of of production i mean it is every facet of that show working uh to perfection yeah fantastic
3: Um, yeah there's i'm sorry reed no go uh, ahead nathan there's a there's that that scene that be curious and not judgmental it's a it's interesting when with the arrogance and ignorance type uh, mindset there's a uh, i was reading uh, I got a friend who has been reading uh, the the Old Testament book of Isaiah, and mm. so I've been trying to track with him. But but something that, that popped out to me recently, uh, and knowing we were about to talk about this, is when Isaiah uh, th- they said, "Learn to do what is right," mm. and and it reminded mm. me of of Ted. It's that it's that ignorance, but a willingness yeah. to do yeah. what is required, yeah. or of to, him. to learn uh, to do, to learn even. to learn to, to learn do. do. Yeah, yeah, learn to do what is right great
4: yeah it's wonderful no it's absolutely wonderful um so the way i approached this my favorite scenes thing is i wanted to for this because i had mentioned a couple of things already into that so right stuff one of which was the dart scene um my list of three scenes are scenes that i think represent the spirit of the show these not that these other scenes don't but i think like i just went for something a little bit more subtle my favorite subtle scenes in it and one of them I'm going to come right back to, I'm going to kind of abandon ranking and just mention what I wanted to mention. I'm going to come back to something, Josh, that you highlighted uh, earlier, but that we skimmed past. And that's the credit scene of episode nine. Episode Mm -hmm. nine, all apologies. What is happening is Roy Kent is realizing he's too old. He can't be a starting captain anymore. And so he's going to give the captainship over to Isaac McAdoo. And that's, you know, he does so, keep breaking TVs. It's great. It's wonderful. (laughs) Um, And so. Then like what happens at the end of episode nine, at the end of episode nine, they're actually not going out into the training. The whole Roy Kent of it all is in play, uh, but they're not uh, sorry. They're not going out to a game. They're going out to practice mm-hmm. and practice. he comes in practice and uh, talking about so practice. <gasps> we're talking about practice. You know, <laughs> not a game, <laughs> not a game. That's out there is the <laughs> us 11 against them 11. We're talking about practice. I think sorry, Reed, sorry.
3: No, okay. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, you did it. Hey, have you seen, have you seen the side by side with that, that scene and the Allen Iverson?
1: It's, I haven't seen the side by side, but
3: I've, I've seen the it's, Iverson. It's the almost, Iverson it is so close. It's, it's amazing how sure, that is. But anyway, sorry. No, no, back. no,
4: no, no, no. It's wonderful. But all of that stuff is going on. And Roy Kent is <laughs> obviously like so under the burden of his age, his diminishing returns as a contributing player. And then when he comes in and he's going to go out and practice with them. And, and then in episode nine, the credits are, you know, going and what it is showing is it's showing all of the team together. They're milling about. We don't hear distinct dialogue. We just see the characters interacting with each other. Some of them are joking. Some of them are just talking. You see in the, office lasso and beard having a little moment like a little play-by-play together you don't even quite know it's all just like we're just observing them as a team and then the last person to leave the room is roy kent who with everybody else out of the room walks up and gently reaches up and touches the believe sticker i
1: feel like i haven't even seen the
4: show oh my gosh he and and that's the last moment so like the credits are rolling And then Roy Kent walks over and, and before he exits the room, he briefly, he, he sort of takes a glance to make sure everybody's gone. Um, but when he sees that everybody's out of there, he just reaches up and touches the Believe poster and then walks out. Of th- it's, it's powerful. It's, it's mm-hmm. so subtle. <laughs> and it is one of those things that like, they they put it in the credits. This is just, it. they, they again, uh, Nathan, I think you called out like the courage of the show. Like they didn't highlight that. They didn't highlight it with a swell of strings or anything. They just put it in the credits and then just let you watch it or miss it. According, according to how you viewed and and intake the show. Um, But it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So that's my first, that's my first little scene.
1: Um, Nathan, we're back to you. Sure. Uh, I've only got, uh, so mine was, you're not quitting. You're letting me go. And then darts. And then I (laughs) already got some love earlier, uh, but I want to supplement a little bit as I forgive you. And the reason I want to add to it is the best moments of this show don't take place in a vacuum. And watching this episode and this scene, this is in All Apologies, which is such a powerful entire episode. But it's a wonderful episode. It's not that Ted forgives her. It's not that she confesses. It's what drives her to confession. It's it's being humiliated to her Mm -hmm. face diminished demeaned degraded by rupert in her office right and i think this is my interpretation is she sees what she has done in a fresh light like Mm. this person who is so dehumanizing to her she has orchestrated this entire thing against ted and recognizes maybe for the first time the depth of her own transgression yeah. And so it's just a really powerful. I love that, you know, it's her emotional abuse from Rupert that spurs her on to yeah. to to learn to do right, in the words of Isaiah, right? Like yeah. it's not it's, it's not just a momentary dadgummit. Keeley was right. Yeah. I should go confess, right? It's not that. It's it's oh my god the what i am feeling in response to this person who is actively intentionally and willfully harming me abusing me is some version of what i have done to this other person who who i don't feel like i deserve what's being done to me this man absolutely didn't deserve what i've done to him it's just really powerful to to have it be so character driven and not just a cathartic Mm -hmm. bit of scripting Mm
2: -hmm. that's my
1: that's my last scene uh, yeah, Josh, go ahead
4: and give me two and then I'll
3: uh, okay. I'll two. Uh, two, two of them. Um, the scene so is the, the episode though with Trent Krem and uh hmm. from the independent and uh and Ted Lasso's uh day together. Um, hmm. there's that scene where they're in the restaurant mm-hmm. and um, Krem, you can tell he's slowly being lassoed, pardon the pun, <laughs> yeah. and um. And then the the restaurant, Ollie, I think is his name. You know, he Ted's talking to him like they've been friends for years, and Trent's puzzled. He's like, "Oh, have y'all known each other?" Like, what? You know, but I think did he drive him? Yeah,
1: is he was yeah, his he's driver? driver from the airport. Yeah. I think.
3: and he's he's like, "Oh, you know, you know." Basically, they probably met twice for all we know with Ted's uh, the way Ted rolls. But then he brings out all the food, you know, and and Trent can't eat it, and it's obvious Ted's dying, um, <laughs> but he's wolfing it down. And he says something along the lines of uh, to Trent and and with Ali, it's like, well, well you're my friend and he's you're, he's now he's your friend. Or, and it's this it's this moment where here are these strangers um, who are united over this food that would destroy me. Um, mm-hmm. And Ted, there's no pretense. There's no there's no uh, there's no preconceived notions of what's supposed to be happening. Ted's like, yeah, well, he's my friend. You're my friend. That's how we do this. We're friends. And, Mm -hmm. and it's this beautiful picture again of who he is, um, that the Ted, you know, in in our, in our divided and and crazy and contempt driven world, you know, when's the last time we had a meal with someone who's just like, Hey, you're my friend. And and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. where you're coming from or what your background is or what your past is, or, or what you're now is that, that we can be friends. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those scenes that kind of left me like, ah, gosh, there it is. You know, it, yeah. Ted to me had, there's so many things that you see and you aspire to. It's like, well, doubt, yeah. I, I want to go out and be that. Um, mm. and that's one of those scenes. And then, and then my last one, and y'all referenced it earlier. Um, but when Nate is, is <laughs> telling the team what he has observed and, that's uh, amazing. Nathan, you mentioned it with the yeah. anger. With with Roy, I think you it's mentioned you read it. Yeah, the, yeah. Where, where he where he he cha- challenging him to to take that anger and to do something with it. That um, you know, as a, as a man, um, and, and maybe you all we all identify here with this, but you know, there's a certain level of anger that that I walk around with, um, and it's uh, the hard part is many times I can't pinpoint it. Many times I can't. Um, you know, identify what is it that's making me angry, but there's an underlying tension, and I think you know where where Roy then tells Nate, tell me, tell me yeah, you know and, and he and he takes it that I want to be that you know I want to be that person, tell me son, what is what is it that that how how am i how can I be better for you, wife, how can I be better for you, brother, how can I be better? For you and and maybe maybe some of that can be well God how how is this anger is it that sits mm-hmm. in me how can I give that to you um, mm-hmm. and to use it well because well you know, if, I can, if I can go if
1: I can intersect there interject there I, I think there's something just just staggeringly powerful about that scene because it's the context too it's 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 Roy in a space that is known mm. and safe mm. and he sees these are people who have observed me and there's antagonism between he and jamie is jamie even in the scene at this point i can't remember if he's gone or not yet but no, jamie's gone okay so yeah. so my my point is simply roy is open mm. and willing and inviting truth to be spoken over him mm. and even when that truth is going to be very painful to hear Mm-hmm. Uh, and
3: that's, that's really powerful. So I want to go rip up a bench and lead somebody yeah, to do that's something right. great. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> nope. That's yes. exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, you got um, a bookcase
1: behind you. If you want to walk back there and just <laughs> knock it over, yeah, I'm sure your house will might, love that.
3: That might, yeah, there might be some repercussions for that.
1: <laughs> so, um,
4: something else that, um, that, that again, I think, uh, invokes the spirit of the show uh i'm going to give an honorable mention and actively not talk about it because we mentioned it earlier um i'm going to give an honorable mention to the moment that the team comes together to break the curse because Mm -hmm. they're all uniform we spent a lot of time on it already so that's my honorable mention uh but the last two scenes i want to mention uh neither of which have been referenced yet um but i think invoke the spirit of this show so profoundly and they're both in the finale one of them is the opening shot of the finale uh, when Nathan receives his promotion and it's, t- it's, it's telegraphed a mile away, you know, like, you know, when the scene begins, like, Oh, he's being promoted, but a couple of things he's taken aback by the fact that Rebecca remembers his name. And that little moment, we, we joked in an earlier episode, calling it out when he sees her at the, uh, for the children gala. And he says, nice to for see the you. children." he says, Yeah. And she says, uh, nice to meet you. He says, nice to meet you. You know, like, it's, you know, (laughs) like, it's, it's all very, um, undermined in terms of his presence and knowledge and footprint. And so then when she, when she calls him by name and it literally stops his outrage in his tracks, where he's like, you remember my name? And she said, well, I had to sign it right for your contract. And then they bring out the box, the little like handmade box and everything. Yeah. Again. This character who the very first time we see him in the series, he says, nobody has asked me my name before, goes from nobody has asked me my name to the owner of the club remembered it to write it down on the, that like, that's the journey this character's gone. And that's the spirit of this show from nobody to somebody like you, you are now, you now have value just by being here, you know? So that's one scene. The other scene that I want to mention, um, is the lasso special. Um, when the team comes together and they do the lasso special in the, in the final game and they do so without Ted calling it, they just do it. And when they do it and it winds up like scoring their goal, it winds up scoring their only goal. Danny Rojas kicks it in, um, and, and for a moment we have that tie where we think like, this is the, this is the show that the, that it's all going to go out on. But I'll tell you, and, and, and Josh, I don't know if you were aware this episode existed or listened to this episode, but just recently we had our mutual professor, Keith Cassidy on to discuss Rocky and Hmm. the first Rocky at the end of the first Rocky movie. Uh, at, at this is not a major spoiler for you know 50 year old film now at this point <laughs> um but um but rocky does not win the fight mm-hmm. at the beginning at the end of the first film mm-hmm. and part of what i find so profoundly powerful about this is that this show gives us both it shows that they rose to the challenge and they scored a goal against manchester city against the team in the premier league and they scored a goal and they did so using ted lasso's signature trick play but then the fact that Jamie comes back at the end and using what Lasso taught him about being a team player, he manages to score a goal that is devastating because they lose. But I feel like it so perfectly embodies the spirit of this show. It's just like they, they lost, but they won because they were able to do it all together. And um, and I, I find that so profoundly powerful. And it's and it's actually uh, as I was watching it through, I was like, I think this might be one of my favorite scenes, just the them executing the lasso special, what it does for them emotionally, everything that's wrapped up in it. Um, and I just love it. I, and I, I would say as an all encompassing sort of final statement um, that I just absolutely uh, am boundlessly affectionate towards the
1: spirit of this show.
4: The spirit of this show mm-hmm. is so
1: abundantly inspiring.
4: And I just I love it. I love it so, so
1: much. It's apropos of nothing, but I'm staring at my notes and it's in this episode y'all mentioned this is why it's hard to love you line from roy earlier and i wrote down exactly what happens there and it's that it's the uh the the captain's ribbon ted's insisting that he be the one to give it away but he, ted does a magic trick that ends with the ribbon on roy's head and then he's just like this is why it's hard to love you <laughs> so great. So great. but reed God, thank you so i'm good. sorry to, to deviate so heavily no. there but no that's that's no, a no. fantastic i i love the yeah, when they're when they're doing the trick plays and stuff, and I love how you tied that into something real thematic and rich. That's that's really powerful. Yeah, no, and um,
4: yeah. yeah, go ahead. I,
1: you know, this is we've 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 talked a lot about these last four episodes and the season in general. Josh, you're our guest. I do want to uh, give you a little bit of of a pitch to run on in your boots.
3: Boot, <laughs> boot, in your boot, in your boot. <laughs>
1: uh, you know what? Is there any lingering sort of as you're scanning your notes or or you know this is your chance to kind of talk about ted lasso in a more uh, thematically rich way you know is are there things you would point to that you still want to say about season one uh if not no big deal we'll take it various directions as we see fit but wanted to give you the the opening salvo as it were
3: in our and this is our themes section. I don't yeah, want to yeah, jump yeah. the gun. Yep. Okay, yep. nope, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, and we've touched on a number of things I've i would written, but as we've talked, I'm reminded of just this community hmm. that they're in. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, I, I don't know how true to to the real life it is in terms of how close everybody is, and there's and, and you know, there's some probably elements, but not much, but. The, there's the pub, there's the, you know, there's the, 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 the field of the pitch seems, seems to be right there. It's like right there next to somebody's house. You know, it's, it's that close and everybody, it's almost like if cheers was a community was a town where everybody knows your name, everybody mm-hmm. seems to know everybody. Um, you know, Ted, in one minute playing pickup soccer with the the girl out, uh, in, mm-hmm. in the courtyard and, right. and then there's the park and, um, you know, everybody seems to be connected. And and when he enters that community, all of a sudden, those red chairs just start going. And from from being called wanker in the first few episodes with a very negative tilt to mm-hmm. by the end, it's a term of an endearment, you yeah. know, and uh, and even him handling the, the press and. Um, handling the players who are obviously, I mean, as one who follows sports very closely, this would never, ever happen. I mean, never would this happen where someone would bring, I mean, Rebecca, it would be obvious. It'd be telegraphed what was happening um, if, if something like this happened, but, but it, he just, he, and then they, they affect the whole community and, and, you know it's it's another reminder for me that uh, in the day we live in and one of y'all mentioned this show the fact that this show's been made is is miraculous but the fact that we now what do we do with this show is it just you know for for uh craps and giggles or is it <laughs> is it something more is it is biscuits with the boss is that something that that we can do on a daily basis for somebody else um, turning people who may be, uh, adversarial into, into friends. Um, I, I'm struck by the community of Ted Lasso and how, um, even in, and I know this is not about this and it, I'm, there's no spoiler here, but even as it bleeds into a second season, um, yeah. there's, you see the community and what's happening and what happens when, Um, these people are forced to, Nathan, you, you were talking about when, you know, Nate's telling Roy that when you're confronted with that, what do you do? Um, and how it affects the whole, uh, community there. Um, it, it's, it's really, really beautiful. A picture, I think of what, what we're supposed to be as well. So that's, that's just a theme that is, is so stuck with me through this show. Can I, uh, can I piggyback off that a little bit? Cause
4: something that I had, uh, somewhat previewed in our last week's episode, Josh, you didn't, you haven't had a chance to hear that yet, just because we we're recording the same night. But, um, one of the things that I would take away, you said very succinctly, what do we do with the show? Is this a show we just take in? Oh, this is great. But I think there is something really powerful and profound to be taken from it. And a through line that stuck out to me more profoundly in this third viewing than it ever had uh, for me was the being willing to pay the cost of virtue, to pay the cost of kindness, Mm. to pay the cost Mm. of maturity because the show has so many through lines of things that cost somebody something, whether it is as simple and subtle as Ted Taking time every night to bake cookies, biscuits for his boss, not announce it, not, not announce like, Oh, I made these. I made Mm -hmm. these for you. Just bringing them. And, but he's paying the cost and he's paying it somewhere else. And then he's, and then he's coming forth with that. He's got this rich underlying life that we only see glimpses of in this first season. Um, but he's paying the cost for it. The whole um, ending the curse scene, where they have to throw something of value in to the pot, and and paying that cost over. Um, the uh, Rebecca and Keeley talk in the bathroom about accountability. What about accountability? And then that's a huge part of the the wonder and beauty of the relationship between Keeley and Roy is that it begins with that kind of honest and accountability. Some of the first exchanges they have are apologizing to each other, apologizing to each other. He confronts her for making him a pawn in the auction. And she says, I'm sorry for that. And, and he, you know, absolves her of that and then he's kind of a jerk sort of dictating her actions and he apologizes for that and so it is it is based on this whole like I see what it's cost and I'm going to pay that cost to to do this and uh, and I feel like that's a through line that the whole show has taken on um, that I think we could really learn a lot from because I think that's one of our big problems as human beings but particularly in these times I'm not going to isolate so profoundly universal a principle to any particular area of politics or society, but we are so unwilling to pay the cost. We are so unwilling to, to be inconvenienced. We're so unwilling to do something that is purely benevolent towards someone else. We are so profoundly unwilling to take the cost onto ourselves. And one of the things that I I find so challenging about that is I think a lot of times and there I'm going to hang a lantern on there is a reality to not throwing your pearls before swine okay mm-hmm. anybody who would say like yes there is a line where you have to realize I am feeding a vacuum and I and for health's sake I need to stop feeding a vacuum that is a real thing and I affirm it but I think we could all take a lesson from being challenged by Our own perpetual unwillingness to pay the cost, to do, to, to take the burden upon yourself to be respectful, to take the burden upon yourself to be kind, to take the burden upon yourself to put yourself secondary, you know, and, and, and to show someone else or to, to present to someone else more honor, more protection, more, uh, respect, more care than, um, than you yourself are receiving. Or expect to receive. And I think that's something that we see. It's not just that Ted is kind. He is doing the work. It's not just that. Oh, he's such a nice guy. He is, he is actively and consistently doing the work. And that's something that we, I think still are, get stuck in this mode of like, well, I'm just not really a kind person to where sometimes we can pride ourselves on, well, I'm just blunt. I just I just tell it like it is, as if that's somehow a virtue. Roy Kent is one of the most crass, vulgar individuals television has ever given us. But by God, that man will do the work. He will do the work. If he has to treat Keeley right, if he has to do right by his teammates. So it's not just about being... And I love so much that we have Roy Kent and a Ted Lasso, because Ted Lasso is pure milk toast. And Roy Kent is vinegar and spike but both of them are doing the hard work to be intentionally and deliberately good to the people in your world and to do right by them and that is a very very big deal that we as mass populace do a very poor job of taking very seriously um i just dropped i just threw a grenade in a backpack but that's that's yeah that's absolutely
1: my feelings on this show and what we do with it well and it it feels like a a, maybe tying a bow on maybe opening the door to further discussion, perhaps, I don't know. But Reed, you were talking earlier about the one of your favorite scenes being the the lasso special and what that signifies and means and Mm -hmm. and I can't help but hear in the conversation and this because Josh, you you identified something uh, to me thematically that that weighed on me or I, I took note of in the in the final moments of the season of this sense of corporate victory and loss like we are there's is, there is a shared mourning per, in, in this instance for the for the loss this community has experienced cool. but what what really kind of sings out here in all of this is that it's only through doing the work of kindness and compassion of learning to do right of paying the cost so that someone else benefits it's only those things that help you endure the loss that will come Mm -hmm. let me rephrase that that will help you endure the loss with grace that will come because we are awful at losing and if anything it's almost a it's almost most appropriate that this show at least this season you can't go back to this well every time but that this season ends in lo- in losing mm-hmm. you know that that's that's what the whole mechanism of the narrative was engineered as was rebecca propping them up to lose so it, it, it and so it's not so much that will they or won't they lose it's how how gracefully will they lose and that's a very different position to take
4: mm-hmm. and yeah. we spent a lot of time on this show when the pandemic was at its height we spent a lot of time and ent- an entire season discussing leftovers and films related to it talking about learning how to lose and i feel like that's something that as a culture you couldn't be more uh, right and astute in your observation there nathan we, do, we suck at it we suck at losing and we are allergic to it we will not embrace it. We will not learn from it. We will not, um, try to be gracious in it. But just by and large, it's, it's, it's been magnified over time. I'm not saying every single individual is bad at it. Obviously, clearly some are, are much farther along in embracing and, and adapting and growing from it. Um, but I feel like that's something that we, In our own expressions of faith, in our own understanding of how we navigate the world, we are so, so attuned to ultimate victories. The reason I feel so powerfully about that they do lose the game, but Josh, I'll borrow some of your language here, but they win a community. God, Mm -hmm. they, they, they win relationships with one another that... Have changed them forever. The way Leslie Higgins and Rebecca Welton are with each other at the beginning of this show versus at the end of this show, the way the entire team is with each other from the beginning to the end of the show—like they have they have won so much. And I think the biggest thing in a in a line you referenced earlier, uh, Nathan, they have won more than anything. The, the privilege, and I will call it intentionally a privilege, the privilege of not having to be sad alone. And that is a privilege because so many people are relegated that did not intend <laughs> in, intentionally to, to call that word. <laughs> Look out. at you, you footballer. But, <laughs> but they are intentionally, uh, sort of relegated to loneliness and sadness. And some of it is, is, through no fault of their own. Some of it, is, some of it is because they've continually like chosen to, to not pay the cost, to not do the work. And I feel like that's something that they've, that this, these characters have really gained a lot from is they do not have to be sad alone. They can be sad together. And I can say for my own heart and experience that. Every single painful burden that you have to endure or that you have to bear, um, it is made tremendously lighter simply by having somebody to bear it with you. Like that, it, that sometimes makes all the difference, even between life and death, not to be too dramatic, but to have somebody to bear it with you, um, just makes such a profound difference. And it is, it is tremendous gain. Um, but again, that's the, that's the hard fought victory that they've earned they've been paying the cost for they've been practicing it they've been training towards it practice through practice we're talking about practice they've been doing <laughs> not that not a game not, a, not game. a game not a game no we're talking about practice um but they've been doing that ted led by example they've been doing that along the way and then that's the victory that they come out with in the in the end you have to plant a whole bunch of you have to you have to bake a whole bunch of biscuits before you win the boss over, you know, like you have to, and you,
3: you may you, not, you may not, you win may the not. boss
4: over, And that's worth noting. Absolutely. Josh. I mean, Absolutely. that's, but it's you a know, good plan.
3: It's a great plan, 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 plan. So, you know, this is, I, I think we're wrapping up, but this is you'll, the last you'll hear of me, but well, that sounds terrible. Doesn't it? It's like, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> in this conversation,
3: mind you boys. Um, but, you know i'm a i'm a lifelong georgia sports fan and there comes you learn to lose you learn to lose in that and you know a few years ago which i am sure y'all are familiar in some way but the the fat the atlanta falcons went and did something that no one has ever done in the history of football american football and they had a 25 point lead in the super bowl and they blew it i remember that yep yeah it was uh it, yeah it was i can tell show. you Oh, yeah. I cannot tell you where I was when I learned family members died, but I can tell you where I was that night. Um, it was traumatic, but it, it, it was funny, you know, and now it's funny. Actually, no, it still hurts. Um, we, uh, my, my oldest son, who was just a little boy at the time, we had watched it together and we came home. We've been at a gathering and we came home and uh, he disappears and. His mom found him in the closet crying. And I thought, you know what? That's okay. You know, it's okay that he's affected by this because you know what? This is kind of morbid, but it's, it's life, man. One day there's going to be another devastating loss and it's going to be something closer to him or me. Um, and that's what I, I, you know, what I think Ted Lasso, the person, the fictional character does so well is he didn't just wake up like he is, that he's a guy who I guarantee you has lost. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's probably lost at every level. Now, he's had success, obviously, because there's the dancing, you know, gif of him. Um, but he's learned to deal with loss. And y'all referenced it as, as a culture that we're terrible at losing. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's a healthy thing to learn to deal with losing. I, and I'll tell you, I am not the one to sign up for it. I don't want it. I don't like it. I hate it, but I think we grow so much through losing and, and just to, you know, connect even as one who is involved in, in the church, uh, on a professional level that, um, you know, I think, I think we get confused with Jesus's call. It's not to win. Mm-hmm. It's not to win. It's the lose, yeah. and losing is what makes us forms us to look more like him uh, because from a worldly standpoint, he lost and, but we know from a faith standpoint that in losing, he won. Mm-hmm. That's the paradox of faith. And I think it's the paradox of Ted Lasso that even in losing that gamma, he won. Yeah. Uh, that cowboy from Kansas, as Roy Kent calls him.
1: Cowboy. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. Pow, 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 pow. Uh, <laughs> pow, pow, pow. As a, um,
4: So Josh has delivered his sort of, you know, for this conversation, final note. I'd like to deliver mine. I, I you know, going to bring up a scripture verse, but, um, Most people are going to know it most commonly. It's Galatians 6, 9, and and, uh, the common phrasing or most uh, popular phrasing there is, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I think this show is so ripe with the do not grow weary of doing good. I would like to read a version, um, and, and it requires a little bit of explanation, but I'll, I'll just slant by it. There's a, a new translation of the scriptures that has just recently been released. It's called the First Nations Version. I've been reading a lot of it recently, and it was basically, it, it's a new translation of the scriptures by um, a board of indigenous people, and they're translating it in the language of indigenous tribes, indigenous people, um, and the way they would phrase certain things. It is profoundly powerful. Um, and I'd like for a second to just read Galatians 6, 9 in that most of the language is the same, but there's one phrasing at the end that just really struck me. Um, so in the First Nations version, again, newly released, it says in Galatians 6, 9, never grow tired of doing what is good. For when the time is right, we will reap a harvest of good things as long as we do not let our hearts fall to the ground. And I find that to be so, you know, the scriptures say don't give up or don't grow faint. But that language of as long as we do not let our hearts fall to the ground, um, and I just I'm so struck in this moment by the show, by these thoughts and reflections of just, you know, keeping our hearts from falling to the ground and not to give up doing the hard work. Oh, like what everything that we're saying. Don't be weary of doing good things. As as Josh quoted Isaiah earlier, learn to do what is right, and um, and I feel like in due time we will reap a harvest of good things, even in the process of maybe some very public and devastating losses we will reap a harvest of good things if we do not let our hearts fall to the ground and that's the note that I would like to leave us on as far as Ted Lasso goes the conversation y'all ready to go to the fog meter for good old season one all right Nathan's doing the dance YouTube exclusive (laughs) (laughs) all right so fog meter in uh, the days before what saves us was our very specific metric of fear and God, what scares us and what saves us. Um, in this new, what saves us uh, series, we are pivoting that over to fun and God. So the fun meter and the substance meter, as it were, um, Josh is our guest. I'm going to give you the privilege of going first. What would you give Ted Lasso season one on the fun meter on a scale of
3: one to 10? On a scale of one to 10. Um, does it go to 11? <laughs> <laughs> it should. It should. Uh, yeah, this is, it's as, I'll answer both 1010. 10. I mean, it's, it, mm-hmm. it is as good, uh, for my soul and my gut as I laugh, um, as anything I've seen in it, maybe ever. I don't know. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it I've, you know, <laughs> gosh, this is going to be too long, but I'll, I'll be quick. So yeah. You know how every once in a while somebody will tell you, hey, have you seen this? And it's like a it's like a a Christian based something or a religious based something. And you're like, oh, right. they are like, oh, it's great. And my first it's always like, come on, man. No, it's not. I know it's not. There's no way
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> it's, uh, it's terrible. But no, I mean, with the, yeah, it. I know. I know. With you're this, a good company. Yeah. With this, you know, it, it, it's that good going it. yeah, it's that good. That good. Um, yeah. And and gosh, I've even thought, you know, I I would love to do a, a small group around it because it is mm. so. Now the language is a bit much, but they <laughs> love the F word. They, they and, and they're 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 very poetic. And Roy's right, too. curved penis. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that too. So there's a whole lot of that. He but just, yeah, he <laughs> just
4: <laughs> thinks that way because of the way he moves right, his right. hips. <laughs>
3: so yeah, <laughs> yes josh uh, lead the the, youth, the the
1: small group on this and report back to us please I hey i admire I I, i'm i'm right there with him
4: actually like honestly if i was leading a small group of people who were mature enough to handle the content this is exactly the kind of stuff i'd want to be talking about i'm with you josh i yeah. affirm i affirm um i affirm so much i'm even going to join you in both of your tens for fun and god this is 10 and 10 for me i don't think i have to qualify it we spent two hours talking about it so <laughs> 10 and 10
1: for me well, it's not just peer pressure that's going to promote me. 10 and 10. Let's do it. Let's do it. When that's is the bad. last time this happened, Reed?
4: It, it has never happened for the fog meter. so uh, Or or I don't think it has. Steve Beckley will correct me on that, continuity guru. But, um, but uh, <laughs> it has almost happened several times. But for the fog meter, this is a straight-up 10 across the boards, um, full of fun, full of substance. Um, and I think it probably goes without saying we could round Robin if we wanted to, but we pretty much all recommend Ted Lasso, pretty definitively, do we not? Oi. Boy, yes.
3: <laughs> Have you seen Ted Lasso? That's that, the question. That is the Have question. Have you seen Ted Lasso? <laughs> and
4: Josh, I believe because of your persistent asking yes. it to Nathan, this is why we're sitting you, here right now. You are responsible for this entire episode because you persisted Nathan, and then Nathan persisted me, and then our good, good friend, Jeff Hansen, persisted to Submitted say, it. hey, you and he submitted it for what saves us. So Jeff, we are pouring a cold one and throwing darts at the board for you on your behalf. Um, but that says his birthday too. Oh, and we We're are recording, recording on, his, on birthday. his birthday. It'll air, yep. you know, a couple of weeks later, but we are recording it on his birthday. So, Jeff, this one is absolutely for you. Um, and it is also for all of you listeners, if you have not yet seen Ted Lasso, I think it is fair to warn about the language. They love the F word. I would think Roy that, does. Well, pretty much they,
3: they they all love it. Um, to be but, fair, you're going to have trouble just understanding some of them. So that's a good point. Who <laughs> <you're> knows? <laughs> that's I think its I think it
4: is. I think it is worth <laughs> saying that at least as of yet, there is no other uh, offensive or vulgar content in it, uh, aside from some language, that's really the only thing you have to be concerned about. Um, so language and not just language as in curse words, language as in what they say or what they talk about. Language is the only thing you have to be worried about. Um, but beyond that, it's an unqualified recommendation. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that puts season one in the books. We will be returning to Ted Lasso for season two. But as this is airing the last week of September, next week, we are going into October. And when you do a show about horror movies and faith, even when you're in the middle of a series called What Saves Us, you go back to the horror well when it's Halloween times. So next week, we are going to be diving back in still in the What Saves Us series for at least most of the month, if not all of it we are going to be diving into a couple of our submissions for what saves us that were in the horror world because we're going to be spending halloween times uh october times in back in the horror realm. So we're going to start with a film that was from the mid 90s. I should have looked up the exact year, but um it is the not and this is very important, not the recent animated version of it, but the original uh 1990s version of the Adams family starring Angelica Houston and Raul Julia. We are going to be going back to that. No TV guideposts. We're not continuing with Ted Lasso. We're going to give him uh, a well-needed break for a season, and then we'll be coming back to him after October. So uh, next week, prepare yourself, acquaint yourself with um, The Adams Family, the live-action version starring uh, Raul Julia, Angelica Houston, uh, Christopher Lloyd. And so acquaint yourself with that, and then we will see you right back here on The Fog next week. Josh, thank you so much for staying up late to be with us. This was a wonderful conversation really had a great time. Nathan, as always, thank you very, very much. And uh, listeners, thank you as well. As we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We'll see you next week, everybody.
1: Night. Be a gosh darn goldfish.
2: The
4: Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. You can start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for all the latest news and episodes or for merchandise and to contact us directly. You can follow us on Twitter at thefearofgod, on Instagram at fearofgodpodcast, or join the Facebook Fear of God discussion group. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of jacobhuntcomics.com for our artwork to Lee Wright, who helped me, read Lackey, write our theme music, and to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com for making our show possible. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.